0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Juana Russo Williams, who's Director of Product Marketing, Channel Products at E2Open. And today we're going to talk about the connected channel. So we all know that there are a lot of dimensions and moving parts to supply chain management. And one area that I don't think gets enough attention is channel management. You know, that is the way companies connect, communicate, and collaborate with their distributors, research sellers, and, and other channel partners. And like in other areas in supply chain management, there have been a lot of lessons learned with regards to channel management over the past two years. So what are some of those lessons? Why are we now talking about the connected channel? And how can companies move up the maturity curve in this area? Well, those are some of the questions that we're gonna discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have Juana on the program with us to share her insights and advice on this topic. So Juana, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Adrian. I'm glad to, you invited me here. Glad to be here. And I think what you're mentioning it's so pertinent to what companies are doing in the channel nowadays,
0: yeah, absolutely. So I, th- I think this is a great you know topic of conversation. Like like I said, I don't think you know I personally focus a lot of my time on the logistics side of things, right? and distribution. But we all know that all these pieces are connected, and what happens in other parts of the supply chain like, you know, channel management ultimately impacts what happens in transportation and distribution and, and 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 so forth. So, so I think that this is something that um you know folks in the industry need need to uh, you know know about. Um, I, I think a good way to get started, like I said in my intro, you know, a lot of lessons learned in in all aspects of supply chain over the past couple of years. So maybe before we start diving into you know some specifics, why don't we start with you know some of the lessons learned um, when it comes to you know channel management that supply, you know, that that channel professionals should apply in 2023 and beyond?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There, there are loads of lessons that we can learn. I mean, if you look at the last, I don't know, two years, um, we were just coming out of lockdown. We were hoping that the economy would, um, would pick up. We we're hoping that the supply constraints that we've seen probably from 2019 onward Uh, would would ease off Uh, to some extent those have been you know just hopes they haven't materialized uh, completely supply has still been constrained Uh, then we got the, the war in Ukraine who put the price of gas and then that reflected throughout everything if you're selling or if you're moving or if you're making stuff it didn't matter it impacted your cost of doing business so all of those things are factors that impacted how a company is able to take stuff, take goods to the the customers and keep its promises and deliver that um, consistently to keep those customers happy. Now, those things also impacted those um, abilities negatively. companies who have a channel and channel professionals, the lessons that they can learn is that, you know, you can't control those things. They're all out of your control. But what you can do is make sure that you take all of the measures that are within your your remit to to address them. And the the key measure to me is being connected, bringing together all of the parties that impact, it's not enough to to look, you know, in a channel vision. In a tunnel vision, um, how do I reach my customers? And think, um, I don't know, I'm a reseller, I'm a distributor. I'll only connect to those who buy from me. You need to have that connectivity upwards and backwards. Who's giving me? Who's delivering the product to me? You know a logistic company is the one who's it's the last one who touches your product bec- before it goes into the hands of the customer whether you're a partner or you're a co- company having a channel you should care about how your partner interact your your channel partner interacts with that logistics company having visibility into who's um making the product and their ability to make the product and deliver to you and connecting uh, the the channel partner, the, the reseller, the distributor, the, the company who actually sells your, your goods to those who actually make your goods or at least giving them visibility into their ability to make those goods, gives them the information of whether they want to to take an order or not, whether they want to keep more stock or not so the, the big lesson is that we all we all need to be connected. You have to have a connected channel that links ev- to everything else. It's not it's not enough to to operate in isolation just as a as a tunnel,
0: yeah, know a lot of great a lot of great points. I mean, you brought up you, you know the supply constraints. and I think certainly that's an area that you know I saw that as well in some of the companies I spoke with. you know we, we for, for so long, we talked about being demand driven. But for a, for a period of time, there, you know, companies had a shift to shift and become supply driven because, it, you know, whatever the, the only things they can deliver were things that they actually had supply around. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, yeah. be, being able to meet that customer expectation was challenged because the companies simply didn't have the the, the parts, the materials, and, and so forth to, to meet that demand. And I think part of it, um, you know, the last point you brought up, which I want to dive deeper into now, you talk about, you know, th- this concept of perhaps thinking more broadly about what we mean about a channel partner, because a channel partner is not just um, that reseller distributor, but it's the logistics partner, perhaps, that 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 distributor or that reseller is using on your behalf, if you will, to meet that customer demand to and provide that customer experience. So you you, know, you talked a lot about the connected channel. I mean, how is that different from the kind of the traditional challenge and, and what ultimately defines connected channel?
1: Well, it's- Traditionally, companies looked at a channel as being my network of distributors, resellers, retailers, those who actively sell my products. And that is a very narrow definition of what a channel is. Um, a, a modern channel, and you'll hear a lot amongst channel professionals talking about ecosystems and all of those companies who somehow help me sell you know, market, win, retain a customer. But that's, to me, that's still a narrow a, a narrow definition. It The ecosystems needs to be considered more broadly. As you mentioned, yeah, look at your logistic partner also as part of your channel. Look at your supply partners also as part of your channel. So a, a connected channel, uh, one of the first characteristics that makes it different from traditional is, is the actual constituents it's it's a broader range it's it's more diverse then the second aspect it comes from the name you know connected having them linked to each other conversational with each other having visibility to what each other's business and that that gives the possibility to sense disruption sooner gives the possibility, if you're conversational, not just visibility with each other, gives the possibility to respond to to disruption sooner and provide maybe a a better response or a more cost-efficient response. So there are some key characteristics. Constituents is the degree of links and visibility uh, amongst those constituents, and then what you can do with it. ability to execute on on those links that defines a connected channel and that impacts even things that are a little bit more far-fetched but think of a a channel that perhaps it becomes autonomous runs itself to some extent and readjusts to to what's happening in, in the environment
0: yeah i mean it sounds like you know um uh, you know, we often talk about the need to break down silos in supply chain management, and I think if you bring it down to uh, to a more uh, microcosm level with around channel management, you know, there's those those silos that historically have existed there as well in terms of information exchange, um, you know, exchange of insights around plans and and things mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think part of the connected channel is to break down those, you know, those barriers of of information, those barriers of insights between all those more extended definition of what is a, a channel partner, as, as you talked about. um, You know, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, what happens at the channel end of things impacts other aspects of, of supply chain management. I mean, how, how does it impact, you know, let's say logistics or global trade management or, or supply management? I mean, how, what's kind of the ripple effects here? The,
1: the ripple effects, if each one of them considers themselves as part of this broad connected channel, they need to have the processes that allows them to, to communicate with each other. Not it's, it's not just if I'm a logistic partner, I'm not now going to communicate just with the, the company who's hired me to, to, to move their product, but I should be also communicating with the, the partners who are expecting that product and potentially with a customer who, is going to 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 whom that partner is is delivering the product. Um, if if I'm a, a supplier, similarly, I need to have that that type of communication processes. And then there is the infrastructure that is required to support those processes. That is another ripple effect in terms of being able to deliver that degree of connectivity. Um, somebody needs to have take that orchestrator role to have the overall Visibility across how all of the parties interact, and that probably relies with uh, the uh, the company at the center of this ecosystem, the one whose products are being moved, uh, made, moved, so- sold around. Um, but each each member of that uh, ecosystem, the this broader ecosystem, needs to to connect with each other, so it. It's the range of connections that they need, the processes that uh, that they need to have, the infrastructure that's needed to to support those processes. To some extent, the, the roles of those people involved in those companies needs to evolve as well. And as I was mentioning, if it leads to a more autonomous channel, some of what those people need to do is going to change because it would become, look, looking at exceptions, looking at the things that fall out of the ordinary because the rest will sort itself out.
0: Yeah, no I and I think you know when you think about you know the, the we talked about the the connection piece, we talk about the collaboration piece, the information exchange, the visibility. I mean, I'm really excited about the road ahead because I think historically, um, I, I think intuitively, a lot of companies have understood the need to break down those silos to be better connected. But the reality was that from a technology standpoint, you know, everybody had, you know, their own systems. It be, you know, you had kind of this, the whole, you know, integration spaghetti, <laughs> uh, okay. you know, scenario, you know, from an IT standpoint. But I think what we've seen over the past few years, and I think is, and I've certainly been a big proponent of the, you know, um. I've called it historically a supply chain operating networks. I think the term people like using today are platforms or connected platforms, Um, but I think that's where we're going to finally see um, some of these things that we're talking about actually be truly enabled because now you're able to have this broader extended ecosystem of of partners being able to be connected on a common platform, which should facilitate the exchange of data and information. Uh, between all these parties, enhance the visibility across these parties, and then of course, when you layer the different applications on top of that, can then help execute, you know, some of these processes that go across, you know, the, these these different uh, uh, parties. Um, I guess the question, the next question is, you know, where are companies today on on this connected channel, you know, journey, and and what actions can they take to, you know, start moving up the maturity curve.
1: That that is a good question. And the the funny thing is that most companies to some extent have already moved on to this this journey, but not all of them have done so consciously. Um, You know, when you're hearing on the channel side, people talking about ecosystems, they've already made that um, subconscious decision that it's more than just, the traditional distribution partners but they haven't perhaps expanded and pushed the the boundary wide enough the talk that you you've mentioned about platforms the talk about uh, you know control towers that, that that's been talked about them for for a long time mostly in supply and and logistics um so people have taken those those steps i think where where they need to focus more to to get up the curve is understanding what truly constitutes a platform that can help them get there because there are certain things that cannot be built overnight you know having a network connected to that platform loads of partners already onto that platform actively interacting with each other onto that platform it's important it, it takes time it it takes effort and money to bring companies onto a platform it doesn't you know it, it doesn't grow overnight it's not a mushroom um then it's it's having the degree of openness that allows parties who aren't there um to get onto to it really quickly and the degree of openness that allows the the applications that that help that connectivity become real to to talk to each other that's another thing that that companies need to to look at when they they're investing in um getting ready for for building their their connected their channel it's it's looking at things like um use of artificial intelligence to drive some of the the decisions that enable acting on on things that that degree of connectivity reveals sooner than without it you know you know immediately if something is wrong at one end of your supply chain and you're able to take action at the other end you know one of the things that i haven't mentioned um, when you're talking initially about lessons learned and how how they uh, the connected channel can can help think of a channel that is a valve it can actually help correct mistakes or things that happen elsewhere far remote from what somebody would consider a a channel what if you've uh, I don't know um, ordered or stocked way too much of something else could you use your channel as a mechanism to correct that error by taking actions that are channel specific I don't know running some form of Promotional incentive programs that drive demand beyond what was originally originally expanded. So, so it, it's it's the understanding. It's the the platform that has a network linked to it. Is the openness on that platform to to make the applications and the partners connect easily with each other to interact, and then having some real strong, reliable, proven artificial intelligence to help make sense of all of the, the data and information that comes with that connectivity to, to enact uh, decisions that drives the readiness. And companies are, I would say, that they're at different stages on, on this journey, but all of them have started with or without recognizing that they've done so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that they uh, either consciously have started on this journey uh, and those are the ones that I would consider the you know the more progressive companies, yeah. and more innovators, the leaders, if you will. And then there were there are those that were forced <laughs> to start thinking <laughs> yeah. about this because of the pandemic and because of, yeah. uh, of disruptions and everything else. Because I think one of the you know one of the other things that we haven't talked about today, but I think is wrapped up in everything we discussed, is you know this, this renewed and growing focus on supply chain resilience and and risk management. And I think it's the recognition that. You know, companies have that they are not masters of their full domain, that they are dependent on their partners, either those that they work with directly, you know, uh, if they're doing their own direct sales and then the logistics partners and suppliers. But if they've got indirect channels and channel partners, I mean, they're dependent on those channel partners and working efficiently and collaboratively uh, with those channel partners. Um, you know, if they're trying to, if they're trying to create a more resilient you know supply chain overall. So so I think that's part of the you know the driving force you know be, behind this as well. Um uh, particularly as we move in into you know 2023 and, and beyond. Um so so Anna I mean as a way to kind of r- wrap things up um you know so what trends uh, should channel partners channel professionals I should say you know keep a pulse on you know in the, in the year ahead and and what will define success in channel management you know moving forward
1: well, that that is a good question i think as as we move ahead the economic situation is going to change because i i think so far there was an imbalance where demand exceeded supply i think we're we're shifting with growing inflation even though the the forecasts are that it's probably going to stay, stabilize it's still going to be higher than before so We'll see the demand being a little bit more cautious. And with more cautious buyers, what becomes really, really important, it's always been important, but it becomes more important, is the experience that you can provide your partners and the experience that you can provide your customers, because that's the only way you will really, truly be able to to be different and encourage that repeat business and that growth in, in business. And I think still keep on working on that connectivity is probably my my biggest takeaway for going into 2023. the The trend that people need to to look at is, you know, how do I respond to a bear market? How do I um, deliver continue to deliver an exceptional partner and customer experience? And you can only do that when you're able to exceed expectations every time, if not meet the expectation. The partners who are somehow touching that that process are absolutely essential in meeting and exceeding those expectations. So connecting those partners is is key to be able to deliver that exceptional experience. So that that would be if if somebody was to take one lesson and focus on one trend going into this this year it would it would be that connect to all of your ecosystem all of your partners keep that connectivity and make it work
0: and make, make it work that's 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 the key key line there. There's another thing you said that I think is, is very important. I mean we focus a lot about customer experience the end customer experience and that's obviously going to remain important and can, continues to be a, a focus area. But you also said you know provide a a a positive experience with the business relationships you have with these channel partners because that's what they're looking for as well. So it's not just about customer relationship management and customer experience. It's also channel partner relationships and channel partner experience that you're trying to maximize um, because really their success is your success and and, and vice vice versa. So it's also having a lens or a perspective of how can we provide a win-win mutually beneficial relationship with our partners with our channel partners um which ultimately if if we do that you know you're going to be in a much better position to ultimately deliver that enhanced customer experience to the end customer right
1: absolutely you know we're all part of an ecosystem if one part of the ecosystem suffers the overall ecosystem suffers and we have to recognize that and work with them and help them and help each other
0: absolutely absolutely well Wanna, you know, uh I, I think like I always say at the end of our episodes, we always just manage to scratch the surface on these topics. Again, this is a topic that I don't think um, you know, uh people give much thought to, but I think as you've uh, you know, highlighted, uh, it's it's an area that's gonna be critically important for companies, you know, moving forward if they wanna create a resilient supply chain, if they want to, you know, continue to meet and 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 enhance their customer and customer experience and and so forth. So again, thank you for making the time to share your insights and advice on the, uh, the Connected channel.
1: Thank you, Adrian. Nice talking to
0: you. Thank you. And I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the E2 Open website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or comment for Juana, you can post it there. and I'm sure she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.